All right, guys, I want to say a very big welcome to you. I am excited. Don't mind me. I'm actually excited that I'm having to read. We are having to read chapter 11 and 12. I mean, it has been an amazing ride so far. You don't want to know how many times I've had to go over um, this podcast again, especially chapter 9 and 10. They spoke um, particularly to me, so I had to go over them for i think five or six times just listening to them again and again and today we're going to be reading chapter 11 and 12 which is i believe personally it's going to be an exciting read you just need to sit back and pay close attention to everything that i'll be reading all right so if you're just joining me for the first time if you're finding out my podcast for the first time my name is amichi victor okk and this is voice of eden podcast i want to personally welcome you yes from the depth of my heart i want to personally welcome you so for the past um three weeks i think I think three weeks. If it's not, then forgive me. But for the past three weeks, we have been reading through how you can be led by the Spirit of God by Kenneth E. Hagen. So, so far we have done from chapter 1 to chapter 10. And today we'll be reading chapter 11 and 12. All right. So, let me not waste any of our time because myself too want to find out what chapter 11 and 12 are talking about. All right. So, let's jump into chapter 11 and read to chapter 12. Hi there, my name is Amechi and I'm the anchor of Voice of Eden. Aside this, I'm a pro graphics designer, a singer, and I just love God, which is most important. I'm on a mission to expose people to the truth of who they are in Christ Jesus, to build a generation that loves God, fears God, and serves God to raise and empower people that cherish the word of God. Aside this, I am passionate about some other things, but I won't share it, all right? So join me as we journey into God's rest. Chapter 11, The Inward Voice I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 9, verse 1 The number one way the Spirit guides us is through the inward witness. Number two is by the inward voice. The inward man who is the spirit man has a voice, just as the outward man has a voice. We call this voice of the inward man conscience. We call this voice the still small voice. Your spirit has a voice. Your spirit will speak to you. In September 1966, we moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma from Garland, Texas, a suburb of Dallas. We had lived there 17 years. The move came about like this. My wife and I were in Tulsa on business. The ministry was growing and I had already figured out in my head what I would do with my office and home in Texas to accommodate the growth. But the friend with whom we were staying in Tulsa said, Brother Hagen, you ought to move to Tulsa. Brother T.L. Oxborn Old's office building is for sale. His business manager asked me to sell it for them. Then he quoted their price. It was extremely low, but I was not interested. Finally, I said, let's look at it. I went along just to humor him. The minute I stood inside that building, a buzzer went off inside of me. Open bracket. 
Sometimes, that inward witness is so real it can almost sound like the inward buzzer. Close bracket. I knew as well as I knew my name, this is it. But I didn't want to listen to it. I wanted to stay in Garland. Open bracket. That's why we don't hear a lot of times. We don't want to hear. We say we do, but we don't. Close bracket. Back at our family house, my wife asked me about the building. Oh no, I'd already got it all figured out. We'll stay where we are, we'll turn our whole home into an office and we'll just stay in Garland. We went to bed that night, but I couldn't sleep. Ordinarily, I have no trouble sleeping. The Bible says, He giveth his beloved sleep. Psalm 1 to 7 verse 2. I am his beloved, so are you. He has made us acceptable in the beloved. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6. So I always claim the promise of God and say, Lord, I am your beloved. So I take you at your word. I thank you for sleep. And I always go to sleep. But this time I couldn't. My conscience was hurting. My conscience is the voice of my spirit. My spirit knows I didn't listen to it. Lying there quietly in the night time, I said, Lord, if you want me to move to Tesla, I will. In the natural, I don't want to move there. But I wouldn't want to stand in your way. Then on the inside of me, I heard the still small voice. Now, I am not talking about the Spirit of God speaking. When the Holy Spirit speaks, it's more authoritative. The still small voice is the voice of our own spirit speaking. But our own spirit picks it up from the Holy Spirit who is in us. The still small voice, that inward voice, not authoritative, just something on the inside of me said, I am going to give you that building. I laughed. I knew there's a lot of unbelief about this, but I said, okay, when you do, I'll believe it. The inward voice, picking up on what the Holy Spirit was saying, said, watch me. Without going into all the details, it will surprise you how God gave us that beauty. Chapter 12 Effects of the Spirit's Indwelling And Paul earnestly beholding the counsel said, Men and brethren, I live in all good conscience before God until this day. It is interesting to go through the epistle Paul wrote to the church and see what he said about his conscience. You will notice that he always obeyed it. Is your conscience a safe guide? Yes, if your spirit has become a new man in Christ. It is because your conscience is the voice of your spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. These things take place in man's spirit, in the inward man. He is first a new creature, a brand new man in Christ. Second, all things are passed away. The nature of the devil in his spirit is gone. Third, all things have become new in his spirit, not in his body or in his mind, now he has the nature of God in his spirit. Therefore, if your spirit is a new man with the life and nature of God in it, it is a safeguard. A person who has not been born again could not follow the voice of his spirit. His spirit is unregenerate. His conscience would permit him to do anything. When you have the life and nature of God in you, your conscience will not permit you to do just anything. And if you are born again, you have the life of God. John chapter 3 verse 16 For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Someone said, That just means we are going to live forever up in heaven. No, it does not only mean that. Consider the scripture, 1 John 5 verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believed on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Have is present tense. We have eternal life now. If you are a born-again Christian, you have the life of God in your spirit now. You have the nature of God in your spirit now. Oh, if people would learn to follow their spirits, if they would learn to take advantage of the life that is in them. I joined the church and I was baptized early in life, but that didn't make me a Christian. My spirit was still unregenerate when I became totally bedfast with a heart condition at the age of 15. I was truly born again during the 16 months I was bedfast. Then in August 1934, as a Baptist boy reading Grandma's Methodist Bible, I was healed. I went back to high school. I had missed one school year. Before I was born again, I just barely got by in some classes. Back then, if you had a D, it was a failing. And if you failed one subject, you stayed in that grade and took the whole thing over again. Two teachers in two subjects said to me, We gave you two points or you would have had a D. But after I was born again, I never made anything but a straight A report card and I never took one book home to study. Now I didn't know a thing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit then, but do you know what I did know? I knew I had the life of God in me. As I walked down the street to school every morning, I had a conversation with the Lord. Unconsciously, I was being led by the Spirit. My heart told me to do it and I listened to my heart instead of my head. I said, Now Lord. I read in the Old Testament where Daniel and the three Hebrew children were in school in Babylon and you gave them favor with the dean of the school. Daniel chapter 1 verse 9. God give me favor with every teacher. Thank you for it. I have it now. I also read that when their three years of training were over, the three Hebrew children were ten times smarter than the rest. Verse 18 to 20. Lord, I have your life in me. John chapter 1 verse 4 says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Light stands for development, impacts to me knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom that I may be ten times better. Every day as I walked to school, I would confess, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. That life is in me. The life of God is in me. That life is the light. It is the development of me. It is developing my spirit. It is developing my mentality. I have God in me. I have God's wisdom in me. I have God's life in me. The life of God in my spirit dominates me. I propose in my heart to work in the light of life. Now, I do not mean that I just skipped by. In study hall period at school, I studied. I listened intently in class to everything that was said. But by receiving eternal life into my spirit and getting my mind renewed with the word, my mentality was increased from 30 to 60%. The life of God will do that for anyone. The most amazing miracle I have ever seen of eternal life affecting someone's mentality occurred in a girl I'll call Mary. Her mentality was increased by at least 90%. 
Mary started to school at seven and went seven years without getting out of the first grade. In those seven years, she never learned to write her name. Finally, a day asked her parents to take her out of the school. In the church I pastored, Mary was at that time 18 years old. Although she behaved like a two-year-old, she would get down and crawl around on the floor like a baby. If she happened not to be sitting with her mother, she would slide under the pews or lift up her skirts and step over them to get to where her mother was. Her clothes were always a size. Her hair was never combed. Then one night during an evangelistic revival meeting, Mary came to the altar. There she received eternal life, the nature of God. A drastic change occurred instantly. The very next night, she sat in the service and behaved like any other 18-year-old young lady. She had fixed her hair and dressed up. Her mentality seemed to have increased overnight. Years later, I was back in the city to help with the funeral. Whatever happened to Mary? I asked the church secretary. She led me out on the front porch. See all those new houses going up there? I said yes. That's an addition to the city. Mary is building that. She's a widow now. She handles all her own money. She is her own financier. She has three lovely children. They are on the front pew every Sunday. They are the best dressed, the most well-mannered children in church. As church secretary, I can tell you that Mary's tithes and offering are here every Sunday. The life of God came into her. I am convinced we have never completely learned what we have received. Most of us have thought that the Lord just forgave us, saying that we are the same old creature we always were. We will just try to hold out faithful till the end. If we get enough people to pray for us, maybe we can make it. No. Thank God the life of God has been impacted into our spirit. The nature of God is in our spirit. The Holy Spirit is living and abiding in our spirits. Alright guys, that's the end of chapter 12. So we just read chapter 11 and 12. And like I would always do, I'll just share my thoughts and say what was particularly striking for me in both chapters, alright? But before I do that, let me even personally thank you for staying to the very end of this read. And yes, thank you very much. Okay, so from chapter um, 11, chapter 11 spoke about the inward voice and it spoke that the con- your conscience is the voice of your spirit. So we need to listen to it. We need to listen to it. But there's something I need to say in addition to that that was not mentioned in this book. Whenever you listen to your conscience, make sure your conscience is always subject to the word of God. And when I'm talking about the word of God, I'm talking about the Bible. All right. When you have your Bible and you have spent time to study your Bible, make sure that any voice you hear from within that you believe may be your conscience saying, no, this thing is not right. You should do it this way. Make sure that it always tallies with the voice of the word of God, with the Bible you have. All right. Make sure it always tallies. So that I, I because I've heard a lot of people say, um, I, I feel this is right. I feel it is right to do this. And then when they do it, it is entirely contrary to the word of God. So you have to make sure that the voice of on the inside of you which is your conscience always tallies with the word of god now from chapter 12 all right chapter 12 blessed me and the only thing i want to point out in chapter 12 was where um 
um, Pastor Higgin kept saying that he, the word of God changed his mindset, changed his mentality from 30 to 60. He was failing the course and he started um, getting straight A's. And the only thing he did, aside listening to um, listening in class and then reading his books, was that he constantly declared the word of God. He he spoke forth, he called forth the things that be not as though they were, which is faith. All right. He kept confessing. That's the word I was looking for. He kept confessing the word of God. And I, I'm, I'm also talking to myself because I feel so much like I'm talking to myself right now. So we need to constantly confess the word of God. Whatever you see in the scripture that you desire to have, don't just read it and close your Bible and expect that it will come to your life. Keep confessing it in as much as you pray about it. Keep confessing it. Confess the word of God. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Confess the word of God. Call those things that be not as though they are. As though they are. The Bible also said that the, the power of life and death is in the tongue. So we need to keep confessing. He said, as he kept confessing that thing, everything about him and his studies changed everything he, he he was he was healed because of the word of god and his mentality changed so that's what I, that's my take home and I, i'm thinking it should be your take home too but if it's not i mean i just wanted to share my thoughts with you so confess the word of god and secondly listen to your conscience as long as your conscience tallies with the word of god all right guys thank you so much for reading through chapter 11 and 12 on friday we'll be going through chapter 13 and 14 all right thank you so much um i just want to say one thing ask for a favor all right if you're listening from anchor kindly go ahead and favorite our podcast please do that if you're listening from any other platform spotify or google um, podcast please go ahead and follow us all right subscribe to this podcast and god will bless you go ahead and also share it with your friends so that they too will be blessed thank you and i'll see you on friday and have a beautiful tuesday see you Hi there, my name is Amechi and I'm the anchor of Voice of Eden. Aside this, I'm a pro graphics designer, a singer, and I just love God, which is most important. I'm on a mission to expose people to the truth of who they are in Christ Jesus, to build a generation that loves God, fears God, and serves God, to raise and empower people that cherish the word of God. Aside this, I am passionate about some other things, but I won't share it, alright? So join me as we journey into God's rest.